Welcome to Get the Balance Right, a podcast for creative entrepreneurs looking to grow their business in a healthy, sustainable way. I'm your host, Heather Zeitzwolf, CPA and business advisor. Each week, you will learn actionable steps to streamline your processes, increase your profits, and make a bigger impact as a purpose-driven leader. Join me in conversations with CEOs and renegades in digital media, marketing, advertising, and design. Want to ignite your passion for business? Then let's get started. Welcome to Get the Balance Right. I am your host, Heather Zeitzwolf. Today, we are talking about personal branding. I'm joined today by Trish Taylor. She is a former celebrity stylist who is now a brand embodiment coach, and she's committed to helping heart-centered online entrepreneurs align their outside with their inside so that they can create enticing content and feel authentic and comfortable with their appearances. Yes. With the age of internet, it has become commonplace for entrepreneurs to be the face of their brand. Man, when I was a kid, I don't remember that to be the norm. Although certain ones from my childhood really stand out. Orville Redenbacher, Jack LaLanne, Susan Powers, and Bartles and James. These are extremely dated examples. But those of us who grew up with these folks know exactly what I'm talking about. Orville Redenbacher is that Southern-looking dude, white, who peddles popcorn. Not exactly a fashion icon nor a looker. But when you're buying popcorn, it's more about the consistency of the kernel than the fashion statement. His old-timey demeanor became synonymous with the buttery movie snack. Now, I thought Orville Redenbacher was still around. I had to Google it because I could have sworn I saw a recent ad that he was in, but it must have been a deep fake because he died in 1995. I thought that was kind of suspicious because I thought, man, he looks the same as he has for 40 years. As for the others, Jack LaLanne, he was the original face of fitness. He used to pull trucks with his teeth and he was always in his signature tracksuit. Then there was Susan Powers. Do you remember her? She donned the bleach blonde crew cut and shouted, Stop the insanity! She was trying to get Americans' eating habits under control. Back then, the diet and exercise industry were the place for personal brands. Jane Fonda, Hollywood royalty with her sexy leotards, and Richard Simmons with his massive curly hair and metallic dolphin shorts. Then came the chefs. Chefs became another big one for personal brands. This trend started primarily with Julia Childs. She had the distinct style of talking. And then there was Emeril Lagasse with his catchphrases, bam, and take it up a notch. The one thing that all of these personal brands had in common was that the person behind each of them was unique. To have a successful personal brand you have to be different. Of course, having a signature catchphrase doesn't hurt. Here's the thing, though. Some of the personal brands are actually fake. Going back to Bartles and James, they were the good old boys sitting in rockers on a porch, slinging their wine coolers. Back then, when those ads were on, me and everybody else thought those guys were real because we didn't have the internet. 
We just thought they were the real deal, the personal brand. Nope. Bartles and James were actually characters played by actors. Just like the Dos Equis guy. Just think about the faces of the current mega brands like Tony Robbins, Dave Ramsey, and Oprah. But in today's world, you don't have to run a multi-million dollar business to be the face of the brand. This is especially true with entrepreneurs and the service sector. In fact, due to social media, we are expected to represent our brands. Even if we're not comfortable being in front of a camera, you are expected to show up authentically, without the glamour, doing normal things like walking your dog or wearing a face mask in line at the grocery store. As entrepreneurs, we are pressured to constantly be posting, taking selfies, making videos, and doing live feeds. Ugh. I'm an extrovert, and even I am reluctant to post all this stuff because I know it's going to live on forever. As an entrepreneur, how do you feel about it? Do you enjoy being the face of your brand? Do you feel pressure to show up on social media in ways that makes you feel uncomfortable, such as like Instagram lives? I believe to grow, we must step outside our comfort zone. I'm doing it right now, actually, recording this podcast. But is all this exposure worth it? Does it really drive your sales? Unless you're an influencer, how do you know if there is a direct correlation? The answer is you measure it. Using key performance indicators, KPIs, you can measure the impact. Knowing if your selfie at Trader Joe's directly impacted the sale of your new course is probably an impossible metric to gauge. However, you can track comments, link clicks to your offer, and new email subscribers. All of these elements, when measured, can tie to your visibility goals. Now, if you are in marketing, you're probably very familiar with these metrics. Having KPIs in a dashboard is a great way to quickly visualize the data. One amazing tool is Clipfolio. It has the capability to pull data from various sources, such as Google Analytics, Facebook, Instagram, HubSpot, the list goes on and on. The real power is the ability to cross-tabulate data from multiple sources at once, often in real time. I know I'm nerding out a bit, but if you need help with your data, follow the link in the show notes and set up a discovery call with me. I love this stuff. However, if you need help with your image, this is where Trish Taylor, our guest, can help. She leverages her unique experiences as a celebrity stylist and her master's degree in psychology to empower entrepreneurs with mindset shifts and stylish tools. Trish is actually an introvert, so she has empathy for her clients that may be shy and helps them transform while being their authentic self. All right, here is my conversation with Trish Taylor. Trish Taylor, welcome to Get the Balance Right podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I am so excited to be here, to be chatting with you and your amazing community of people. Heather, thank you so much for the warm welcome. So excited. We are going to be talking about branding and visibility, but for the people in the audience that don't know you, you're a stylist, you're a branding expert, you're a coach. Can you tell a little bit more about yourself? Of course. I so appreciate the opportunity. Hearing you say all the things that I am and that 
that I've done. I think that we can all relate to this. Everyone listening and probably you yourself, we've all worn so many different hats in the past and it's what makes us so unique on our journey. And that's why branding is so important because it really lends an opportunity for people to get to know who you are. I was a celebrity stylist in Hollywood, which is so exciting and wonderful. I worked on national ad campaigns and with celebrities on red carpets and for their music videos. It was so glamorous and so cool. And it was missing all the deep connection that I truly love. I was working with one-on-one clients at the time, people who were engineers, people in the workspace, people who were entrepreneurs. And that's where I really found this love of connecting who they were with who they wanted to be so that we could align their inside with their outside. And we really just used style as a tool. When I figured out that style is really just a tool, there's no real rules. You can have whatever color hair you want. You can wear whatever kind of clothes you want. It just needs to feel like you. And then when we connect your brand to it, it has a whole beautiful composition that people get to know the real you without even getting to talk to you yet. It's beautiful. But then I dove back into psychology and coaching. And that's how this whole stylist, confidence coach, branding expert was born because it truly was a puzzle of all of my experiences put into one. And truly, I used all these tools myself. When we're starting our own businesses, when we are service providers or we're helping people feel more empowered in themselves, probably, we need someone to do that for us too. I know I did. So you're coming from this place of not only are you a stylist, you have a master's in psychology. You mentioned some things that really ring true for me. Obviously, I've got bright red hair today. People can't see me, but I am an accountant. Those two things don't usually go hand in hand. A professional type role like that, maybe you're a lawyer, you're expected to wear a suit and a tie. I call it wearing a costume, but you were talking about being authentic in your style. Can you explain being authentic? Oh, I'm so grateful that you brought this up because that is how it all started with me too. We put on this facade and using style as a tool, it does help you step into this persona of who you want to be. And when you're working in a corporate space or you're working in a particular industry where you don't quite feel worthy enough to command the authority of the space or command attention, yeah, we slip into this character of sorts and we feel like, oh, maybe I just need to put on that blazer or maybe I need natural looking color hair or maybe she'll respect me more. More if I'm wearing this type of thing. And I've definitely worked with people in that capacity. And as I have transitioned into the entrepreneurial space, it has been such a gift, not only for myself, but for my clients in this evolution. I like to say personal liberation because we get to truly step into who we are once we figure out that no one is calling the shots in our business. In fact, If you can show up with your red hair, your vegan leather jacket, and your awesome scarf, you are most definitely the accountant that I want to be working with. We're allowed to show up the exact way that we want to because that authenticity is going to attract the people that vibe with us. And it's going to repel the people that we actually don't really want to work with. And they're probably the ones that are going to give us the most headache because we don't connect on the level that we want to. When you're an entrepreneur, you've got that leeway to do that. I think a little bit more than if you're an employee of someone's but you mainly work with entrepreneurs that are the brand of their business. Is that correct? Yeah, personal branding. I think you're so right. And there's also little pieces that you can interject. So if you're listening and you're still in a corporate space or you're still having to follow the rules of some sort of corporate like guidelines in how you need to dress or show up, you can still interject some fun. We can make a fun uniform of sorts. If you have to wear business casual, who says that you can't wear a fun patterned print on your pants or maybe a velvet blouse or some sort of accent? There's fun ways that you can interject your personality while still 
maintaining the social norms and not like totally throwing your personal brand. Because whether you are an entrepreneur working for yourself or you're in a corporate environment, you are still your own personal brand, your own personal flavor. And that's the person, that flavor that they want to bring up to the next level, or they want to pitch you to a client or refer you to somebody else. Yeah. And I call it wearing a costume when I have to wear something that doesn't really feel like myself. When I did have to wear the costume, I would always pick out something that felt more like myself. So it was like, I always want to feel comfortable. I can't stand feeling uncomfortable in what I'm wearing, especially things like high heels, like I just can't do them. With your styling with people, are you helping them pick out entire outfits, different pieces that can be versatile? How does that work exactly? My process has evolved over the years. And so currently what I offer is a full photo shoot styling. And so what this entails is they not only have their branding and their visibility piece, it's so much more than just the clothes that you pick out. Yes, we want to feel comfortable in them, but we also want to tell a story with our branding. Sometimes we miss the mark when we are hiring a photographer and we're paying a lot of money to try to show up and feel good and up level our brand messaging, we get these photos back and we actually don't like them at all. We're really not ready to post them. They really actually don't feel that much like me. What I help people to do is tell a story in their wardrobe with their clothes, in their photos, so that they can start to speak and relate to people on a nonverbal level because that's what it's all about. We communicate immediately. In seven seconds, you make a first impression. It's probably even less than that now, especially when we're scrolling on Instagram. You have literally a scroll. How long does that take? So now I work with people in that capacity. I also have an online program called The Batch Wardrobe, and I teach people how to create intuitive styling for their photo shoots and it goes well beyond their photo shoots. They can start to incorporate this into their daily lives. They don't feel trapped in leggings just because they're working at home. They can create this fun uniform that feels like them, that feels comfortable. Like you said, if it's not heels, it's not heels. And you don't have to feel bad about that. If it's leggings, cool. Let's find the one that feels the best on your body. And then I also work with people in developing their confidence. I have a community called Claire Confidence where we dig a little bit deeper and we truly develop this trust in ourselves to show up and trust that this big dream that we have is for us, that we are ready to show up, that we don't have to play by somebody else's rules. And that was really instrumental for me in my own journey because I had all the things. I had the fancy degree. I had the cool background, celebrity stylist. I had the great clothes. I didn't feel confident in my body. I didn't feel confident showing up and being seen. I did not feel ready. I can help people from the outside in, but really what we need to do is align the inside out. There's so much pressure now more than ever about visibility because everything is online and you have to show up for your brand. And for people that don't mind hamming it up for the camera like myself, it's easy. But there's so many people that feel uncomfortable with your psychology background. It seems like that must really help you with people on photo shoots. How does that work out? It really just helped me hold so much space. And that's really what it is. It's creating a really safe container for someone to just feel ready. It's like a big exhale. Oh, this actually isn't so hard. Oh, it actually isn't that scary. And then we take a moment to just recenter why it is that you're actually doing this. There's a reason why you're putting yourself through these mental gymnastics, getting out in front of a camera when you're not comfortable, if you're not comfortable hamming it up. And even if you are comfortable in front of the camera, there's a deeper reason why you're doing it too. It's not just to get our picture taken. That's fun, like cool for posterity, but there's a reason why we want to get out there. There's a reason why we want more people to know about what it is that we do, because we have a reason 
person. We want to show up and be seen. That's how I help people recenter and rewire these limiting beliefs, these fears and these self-judgments that are really so unwarranted because you are so amazing. We're just attaching our own self-worth to other people's image, to other people's goals or financial status or whatever it is. Yeah, it does seem like there's so much pressure for being visible all the time. If you're putting yourself branding out there, you're supposed to be doing videos all the time. Now, I said I like to ham it up, but at the same time, I do not like to make these constant videos. Do you have any tips for people to be more visible if they feel uncomfortable doing video versus photography? I think to just start small, start doing the things that you like to watch. If you like watching Instagram reels, maybe try it out. If you're not a video person, maybe you don't start there. Maybe you start with a podcast. You want to feel comfortable showing up in the way that feels good to you. And also there's so many beautiful tools and affirmations that you can start to reframe the things that you're thinking, the things that are making you feel like you're stuck and frozen in this space. I guess I should be doing that because that's what everybody's saying. The major narrative out there is done is better than perfect. I tend to disagree. I don't think that things need to be perfect, but I do think you need to feel convicted about showing up because I spent a lot of time showing up and doing the done is better than perfect thing. And I ended up building a business that I was not excited to talk about because I was just going through the motions. I was making the videos. I was showing up nervous. I was showing up afraid. And sure, the video making process got easier. But what I was saying was not really authentic to what I wanted to be sharing. And so if we can strip down the things that you want to be saying, how you want to be seen, then we can show up more confidently. And I swear to you, it becomes so much easier to put yourself out there to make a reel, make a video to join someone on a podcast. If you are convicted in the things that you have to say, I just did a whole like energy healing actually on this inside of clear confidence for visibility. We worked through tapping, which is EFT. So I don't know if your audience is familiar with that, but you can tap on meridian points of your body and you can't see me right now because we're on a podcast, but I'm tapping with my two fingers on my eyebrow on the top side, on the left side. And what this does is it stimulates different pressure points in your body and it helps you to reframe your thoughts and feelings around specific emotions that are coming up. This month specifically, because I know getting more visible is for sure a goal on people's new year, new goals checklist. It's scary for some of us. So we tapped through some limiting beliefs and we did a guided visualization and we did an expansive journaling together. My goal, my hope and intention for that is to dig a little deeper, to find the root cause of why you actually don't like video because probably it's not because we don't like the video concept. We all get lost on social media from time to time. It's probably because there's actually a deeper reason why we're a little bit scared. For me anyways, it's the permanent nature of it. So it's a video, you can delete it certainly, but it's still there. And then it's that realization of looking at yourself and being like, oh, that's what I look like. That's what I sound like. But I think what you were saying, keep doing it. It's okay to do messy at first. From the repetition, you get better at it and you can be the more authentic self that you are. Yeah. And if it's just about hearing yourself and seeing yourself, yeah, totally. That's weird. <laughs> that feels weird at first. So it's like ripping off a band aid in that sense. Hey there. This is Heather. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. And if you are, if you wouldn't mind, please hit the subscribe button now. That way you'll never miss an episode. All right, now back to the podcast. 
What about for trends when they're trying to be their authentic self? Should they even worry about trends like what's going on in fashion or should they really just be authentic about who they are, what they like? Should they try to make their visuals more, I guess you'd call it evergreen so that it doesn't go out of style? Yeah, this is totally a yes and answer. Like, yeah, totally. If you love trends, play with them. And also, I do believe that everybody should have an evergreen, quote unquote, wardrobe that works from season to season. And this is what I help my styling clients set up in their wardrobe is a baseline, a really solid, consistent wardrobe that you can mix in fun trends. Like you have the jeans that you love in whatever colors you want. And then you have basic blouses and t-shirts that you can mix in and out. Maybe you have some layering pieces because those things are really flattering, especially when we're on camera. It just helps to elevate your outfit when you add that extra piece. So if you want to layer in a trendy item like a scarf or trendy accessories, why not? It does tend to then age our content. So I think it depends how you really are as a person. Do you enjoy the shop? If you do, totally incorporate it and get your photos done twice a year three times a year, whatever you like, whatever feels good for you. This is also a part of like, how often do you want to take photos, schedule batch content? It's all about getting to know who you are. When you are your own brand, do you feel like when you represent yourself and maybe like you're going to put out a webinar, you're going to have a LinkedIn article, do you think that using the exact same picture all the time is the best way to approach this? I don't. I think that you can have cues to your brand in all of your photos that you're using for marketing purposes. Like maybe you have a specific color, like yours behind you right now. You guys can't see, but it's green and yellow. So maybe something like that incorporated in your graphics or in the words in your LinkedIn banner, whatever it may be. There's things that you can do. You can set up your film space or you can set up your office in a way that nods to your personality. Like in my office, I have a full shelf with books that I enjoy reading. I have crystals on there and candles. So when you walk in there and you see me on camera, you are know what I'm about. That's what we want to create. We want someone to see your image and then remember, oh yeah, that's who she is. Oh yeah, that's what she's saying. That makes sense. And then over and over they see who you are. And so I don't think the picture needs to be the same, but I do think you need consistency. I'm so glad you said that because (laughs) I heard the opposite from somebody else and I was like, that seems boring. So boring. We are in this crazy world now where Everything is on Zoom and people have to show up. They're probably in their house. Maybe they've got some kids running around. In my case, I've got cats that sometimes enter the camera. How should people show up on camera? I know it's easy to get comfortable and just wear sweatpants and leggings all the time when you're home. What do you recommend for visibility with Zoom meetings? I think it depends what type of Zoom meeting. But the overarching question you can ask yourself is how do I want to be seen? How do I want people to see me? If it's super casual and that's the image that you want to project, like the work from home vibe, you'd wear what you want and do what you want. And it's all good. That's your brand. But if we're a little bit more fun, like we have a little bit more style, a little bit more edge, a little bit more quirk, then let's show it. Let's feel safe in expressing ourselves in that way. And as far as the cats go, I know when I'm watching videos and I see a cat walk through it, I will almost always stay longer because I'm a big fur baby friend. I want to see the real life. It's so endearing when you're watching someone that you're excited to maybe work with and you just want to get to know their personality a little bit more because you're just not sure yet. No one wants to see a robot reading from a teleprompter in their three-piece button-up, whatever. We can't relate to that. 
let's have more fun. Let's not let it be boring. It's funny in the beginning with the whole Zoom stay at home thing, people were really casual. And then it seems like now people are dressing up a little bit more. At least I know that I am. I wore yoga pants like way too much this past year. I totally think people have noticed too, your productivity sometimes drops when you're not ready for the day. It's almost as if you can use your clothing, you can use whatever things in your home, if you want to set an intention that, oh, this means I'm getting ready for the day. So if it means you're taking off your jammies and you're putting on whatever it is for the day, that makes you feel ready to show up, do that. I know for me, I never ever would have showed up on Instagram without makeup or my hair perfectly done. I have super curly hair and no eyelashes and like super blonde eyebrows. I didn't feel ready to be seen. And so if I didn't do my hair and makeup, I didn't show up. I'm so grateful to say I've done a lot of work around this and my brand in and of itself is just be you. And so now I can show up with my fun, curly, crazy hair and I can show up with no makeup and I will just say what I want to say and I feel empowered to do so. Did you see all of those memes and videos of people like standing up in their Zoom call and they have like pajamas or undies on the bottom, but they're super business professional on the top. So we don't want to get caught with our pants down, literally. Like you want to feel good in what you're wearing and what you're saying. It's just that. It's like setting your intention for your morning to start the day the most successfully as you can. I agree. I always find that I work better when I take my slippers off and I put on my shoes. I can't work in slippers. So Trish, you are participating in some really interesting things. You have volunteered with the Boys and Girls Club as an art director. What is that about? Yeah. When I was exploring psychology and clinical counseling, I was really excited about art therapy. Honestly, now that I look back, you can connect all the little dots of your life. It was truly about expression. And for so long, I felt like I couldn't express myself as a child, especially as a young adult into my adulthood. I was always allowing myself to be put inside of someone else's box. At that point, I was exploring. I was exploring different avenues for my own personal liberation journey. And so I volunteered at the Boys and Girls Club. I worked with kindergarten and first and second graders, and they were just so much fun. And talk about like the joy that you see every day with the kid who is just totally in their authenticity and just expressing tears, joy, laughter, all of the things all of the time. So that was beautiful. It was a really fun experience. And you also donate towards two charities, Dress for Success and Dress Member. Can you tell the audience a little bit about both of those? Yeah. So Dress for Success is a local organization in Orange County, California. And so for a long time, every Friday, I volunteered there as a stylist as well. And what they do is they help people who were incarcerated, people who are getting back into the job market dress for their interview. And then they offer job preparedness courses and interview readiness services and things like that. I was helping them feel prepared, feel ready to re-enter society in a way that made them feel good. And oftentimes I'd work with youth, like people who were 16 and 17, getting ready to come back into the world and it was beautiful. And this is really where this transition in my own life started too. I have chills just thinking about it, like tears when they see themselves in the mirror or moms with kids who've been out of work for 17 years and getting ready to get back into the workforce and just seeing themselves in a suit with a fancy pair of heels. I know we talked about putting on a costume 
but it's more of this costume became their like superhero cape. Like they stepped into this worthiness. And sometimes when we're curating these tools around us to help us faith it till we make it, maybe you don't believe in yourself yet. But maybe if we put this one thing on, it will help us get a little closer. There is something about putting on a really nice suit that makes you feel more important. It does give you confidence when you go into a job interview and you look nice. Is this one of these organizations where they take clothing donations? So if we have something that's not been that worn that you're not wearing anymore, you could donate to them? Absolutely. Yeah. They keep all of the suiting options and interview type pieces in their corporate office was where I would go to address their clients. And then they also have secondhand stores throughout the city, throughout Orange County, where they will send the other pieces that are donated that are not necessarily something that you would want to wear to an interview. They accept clothing donations. They have drives. So you can organize a drive with your own workplace as well and collect donations for them too. Dressember is a very cool organization as well. So what they do is is in the month of December, they ask people to wear a dress every day in December. And what they're doing is they're raising awareness for human trafficking. They don't dress people. This is more of a donation and awareness-based organization and charity. How do people know that you're participating in this? Are they like, why are you wearing a dress every day? I donate to them like a portion of the services that I sell and the, the programs that I sell. And then I have friends who do participate in like the wearing of the dresses every day. I haven't done this myself, but I don't know, a marathon or a relay or something where you like pledge your support. And so it's the same. So you can pledge your support for that person. That's awesome. How did someone from a small town go to Los Angeles to become a brand stylist? How did that happen? Yeah, it was a long journey for sure. So I did. I grew up in a super small town. I grew up in Arrowhead. If anybody's been to Big Bear to go skiing or snowboarding, you might know the area. Like Arrowhead's the smaller town, about 45 minutes below that. So I grew up there. And right out of high school, I went to the fashion school in LA called FITM in downtown LA. It was a long road because the styling industry is very, very private. It's a super small industry. And once you're in, you're in, but it's hard to break into it. I worked my way through college. So I didn't have time for the traditional non-paid internships. And so I was working like in retail for a long time. So it took me a long time to break into that industry. And then I found Kismet, a stylist course from Lauren Messiah and Luke Styles. They are Hollywood stylists and personal stylists in Los Angeles. And they were offering an online program on how to break into the industry. And so I took it and I went and I met in person and I hustled hard. Like I had been working so long that I had saved up enough to quit all of the jobs and then to transition into this non-paid role because I had a little bit of a nest egg saved up. I would say two months in, I was styling a part of big styling teams for Ariana Grande and Kerry Washington. And it was incredible, the opportunities. And then from that point, I transitioned into personal styling as an assistant because I felt like I was missing the personal connection between the people. Because when you're working with celebrities or big brands, it is just a job at the end of the day. They're there to show up and to perform. You're not really working with this inner self, aligning their confidence so that they can feel good about themselves. So that's where I found my niche in personal styling. Like I truly loved it. And I worked with everybody. I worked with moms looking for the best pair of jeans. I worked with engineers who just couldn't see patterns and colors in the same way. And typically what I found was my really analytical clients had a lot of fun working with me because I helped bridge the gap and make it easier for them to create a uniform so that they can figure out like how to dress themselves in a really cool, stylish way. But it became much easier. 
And then from there, that's how I started working with brands on a more consistent basis. And it's just how we do it as entrepreneurs. We try things and then we eventually start carving a little path for ourselves and we just keep going down that journey. I think it's just being open to exploring and just saying yes. Because when I was working as an assistant, as a personal stylist, a woman came in to work with us and she owned a huge business coaching online course. And I was like, what? This is a thing? And so I immediately joined her program to just learn, to just see what was going on. And from there, I joined Marie Forleo's B-School. And then after that, Masterminds, I started making friends and meeting people and just following how I wanted to be seen. And I think that's the thing. It's like, what do you want to be known for? And just keep moving in that direction. That's incredible. Even though I don't like to deal with trends or anything like that, it is still really fun to think about trends. Are there any new trends that you think are coming up? Maybe you've already seen or maybe you predict are going to happen in 2021? I think like athleisure is going to be even bigger than it was last year. We're all about making comfort more polished. I think that is going to be the biggest trend. Comfortable pants, comfortable tops, comfortable jackets in materials that feel good for you to snuggle up on the couch and work from home. I think we're doing it right. Not so much pressure. Let's just have fun with our accessories like cool scarves and cool hair pieces and glasses. Let's blend utility with trend here and I'm going to get myself a really cute pair of blue light blockers for my glasses. Yeah, (laughs) We've talked a little bit about how people can work with you, but can you tell us specifically where do you hang out on the internet? What's your website and all of those things? I would love it if you come and say hello. Honestly, I think that's just so much fun. I hang out on Instagram a lot, so you can find me there. My Instagram handle is trishtaylor.co and that's the same for my website as well, trishtaylor.co. Got some fun things coming up. So depending on when you are listening to this, always reach out because I am so excited to just connect with you personally and support you in any way I can wherever you are right now. I think you have a quiz. Don't you have a quiz on your site? I do. I have a fun quiz that really helps you just figure out how to embody how you want to be seen. Just like how we've been talking about this entire show, like truly be yourself and figure out like, what are the things that I can do to support myself right now? So you can take the quiz or you can join my challenge coming up. And that is called the confidence cure. And that just helps you create this magnetism around your personal brand, how you want to show up, how you want to be seen and attract people to you in that way. If people are not in the Los Angeles area or Orange County area, can they still work with you? Oh, I exclusively work virtually. Yeah, thank you for asking. Yeah, I don't work in person anymore. I have a very select few clients who've been with me for years, but I work virtually because there are so many more options available to us when we can search online. The way that it works is I curate a custom catalog delivered right to your email, and then you shop from there. And a couple of weeks later, when your items arrive, we have another virtual fitting. And from that point, I create a cool lookbook for you, for your photo shoot, and for beyond. Do you also offer courses? I do. If you are not ready to work with me one-on-one, or maybe you just want to try to figure this thing out on your own, I have a course called The Batch Wardrobe, and that helps you figure out how to exactly blend your personality, how you want to show up and be seen in your business with your visibility goals into your wardrobe and your photo shoot, honestly. And it teaches you how to DIY it. I have photographers inside of there and videographers who show you how to do it yourself, which is so cool. It's a super affordable price point too. 
197. And I also have my membership, Claire Confidence. You can join me if you want to align your inside with your outside using rewiring techniques like tapping, guided visualizations, and journaling. Wow, that is very cool. Thank you so much, Trish. Thanks for being on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. Hey, this is Heather. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you found value in the show, I'd really appreciate it if you gave me a rating on iTunes or just simply tell a friend about it. And if you're interested in learning more about my profit advising and coaching, please set up a discovery call by using the link in the show notes. All right. Thanks so much and see you next time.